get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. I am your host. Uh, we're joined today by old man Trev, as usual. Uh, Princess Gunnar has uh, decided to uh, pay us at least one last visit. And Iogeninog, uh, I know how to pronounce his name, but I'll leave it up to you how you want to pronounce Owen Young's name. <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone. Merry Christmas. Listen, I've even I've even saved a mince pie just for the show. Uh, what's happened? My there we go. I've even saved a mince pie for the show, um, and I might even have a nibble on it at some point. Where's when ours? That's not very nice. Ah, oh, well, you know. <laughs> If you don't prepare, I didn't prepare for the last podcast and I didn't read the memo and uh, Scunny Mike had the Christmas hat on that I said, oh, it'd be a great idea if we all wear Christmas hats. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't wear one. He did. And he had an Arsenal one. Princess, uh, how are you? Thank you for um, gracing yourself with your presence. Uh, I, know, I was I like a you... late sub, wasn't I? About five o'clock. Can you come on? Can you come on? You begged like... me. You begged me, please can I come on, please can I come on. <laughs> One day I'm going to show you the messages. Um, <laughs> I, well, yeah, it just stops me eating any more quality street, cheese and biscuits, turkey, mince pies, you know, till about eight o'clock. Um, I'm all good, except we've got a bit of COVID in the house. I think that every household in this land has. Um, I don't know what day it is. I've got no time. I don't know what anything is. I can convince myself it was Tuesday all day today. Um, it's Christmas to New Year. And we've not got football tomorrow, so that oh, was why I was really looking forward to that. Owen, we won't we won't see you next Tuesday because there's no football. How are you, Owen? <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> Some people will get that joke. <laughs> cheers, buddy. Cheers. No, um, I'm good. Look, uh, as PG just mentioned, there is like we're stuck in the limbo of between Christmas and New Year's, which nobody really knows what to do with themselves. I'm pretty sure I've gained about three stone in weight. Um, if not solely from the Guinness consumed over this past 48 <laughs> uh, to 72 hours. But uh, no, I'm good luck. And um, this should be good because PG's got one view on the Wolves game and I've got another. So um, I'm sure it's going to make for some interesting conversation down the line. Well, we'll we're going to be talking the Norwich game, Owen. So, like, you know, if you want to take that on the side, you can. Uh, no, 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 don't, don't, don't worry. I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll cover. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure it will cross over. I'm sure it will cross over. Um, and a man that can never be cancelled. Well, maybe never cancelled uh, from uh, from uh, the internet. Uh, we have got um, Trev. Trev, how are you? I'm all right, thank you, mate. I'm all right. I'm just. Uh, you know, I've just been last ten minutes been planning what I'm going to do tomorrow because we can't go to the Arsenal. Sorry, people, he's cancelled. Oh, we just have to cancel him. No, I'm only joking. If Fergus wants to play them games, <laughs> well, he can play them games. He's gone. Out of here. He's put you as host. Look. Oh, no, he hasn't. He's swapped you. <laughs> yeah, but Princess, we can all play that game. Let's see. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Where was I before Fergus bored me? I can't remember what I was saying. Now, there you go, Fergus. You can go back to your corner. Um, yeah, I'm looking. I'm, I'm going to go and watch a non-league game tomorrow. I am. I'd rather be going down to the Arsenal, but I like my football fix. I'm going to go and watch Boston United. I think if that game's on, um, if the I, I, you know, I, I don't really understand what's going on with some games being postponed and some not being postponed. We're off tomorrow. Um, I think it probably does us a favour. Actually, we you know two games in a couple of days, and uh, although I want to talk about this Klopp and. Uh, 
two shell later and what they've had to say this week. I'm furious with that. But, you know, it'll do us no harm to miss it tomorrow and uh, we'll be back on. Is it Saturday we play City Ferg? Mm-hmm. Whatever, uh, yeah, Saturday. I had to look at a, an old calendar up there. I actually, I'm looking at an Arsenal calendar, and December had uh, Willian on it. Uh, really, <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's not a good. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. So yesterday, uh, we were singing like canaries. By the end of it, it was a five nil win after ten de- uh, ten days ago. Arsenal hadn't scored six goals in eight Premier League away games this season. Now, two games later, we've scored fifteen goals. Owen, what's happening? What? What? Why are we? Why are we? shooting like this and scoring and yes you can talk about the opposition and so on and then you can talk about the Sunderland and, and, and so on goals are goals points are points mm-hmm. yeah and, and this was one of the major criticisms <clears throat> a lot of the fan base including myself had um, on Mikel Arteta it was a lack of attacking style and a lack, in, a lack of attacking identity and um, all you can really do at this stage is sort of tip your cap to him and say fair dues you know credit where credit's due because now that I look back, is maybe we were prematurely judging Mikel Arteta and his style of football a little too soon. Um, because for me, what you're now starting to see is the consistency of team selection has been something that has been really evident for me over this past few weeks. You know, like literally, unless it's needs must, the starting eleven is basically exactly the same. Um, he, he obviously has faith in certain players. I mean, we even seen yesterday. Uh, ben White being moved to right back rather than putting Cedric or anybody and obviously there was reasons as to why some of our right backs weren't available but to still keep Ben White in the side and, and bring in Rob Holding I think what we're starting to see now is a, a, like an organic chemistry that's starting to grow within that starting 11 you know you see Gabriel Martinelli who to me seems like a completely different player from last year um, whilst he was all go and, and uh, last year he seems to have added some layers to his game he's become a more sophisticated footballer and I think we're starting to see um, you know dividends paid to that work that Mikel Arteta and, and his coaching staff have been doing behind the scenes but this again this is one of the things when you have players like Bakayo Saka like Emil Smith-Rowe like Martin Odegaard and then somebody up there blending all that youth together because that could just be chaos if there was nobody to blend it all together and I think that whilst there is criticisms over Alexander Lacazette and his finishing ability maybe you know he doesn't provide as many goals as some of the other strikers in in the Premier League he definitely gives those young lads confidence and I would almost attribute to him uh, Alexander Lacazette being like our Bobby Firmino. Bobby Firmino is not a prolific goal scorer of any sorts, but what he does do is he links up players so well with those wide areas, which is where the, the majority of football is played in the modern game. So for me, what is happening now on the pitch, there, I think there's been more of an emphasis to play the ball forward a lot faster. I mean, you know that there's definitely an emphasis to play the ball forward when you see Grandma Jacka trying to break the lines with forward passing. So... It's obviously something they've been conscious of, the criticism of. But uh, for me, this is just going to take a bit more time, but we're starting to see a glimpse of what could be possible with this I, group of players. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with a lot of what you said there, Princess. So we've scored 19 goals and three conceded um, uh, in the last six straight wins in, in all competitions, if we include the Sunderland one. Um, back-to-back games scoring five goals, if we include the Sunderland one. Now, six points clear fourth place. Um, I know you're a fan. Uh, the process, it's working, you know, do you think? Well, you think? Um, I do think. Put up Robert Stevens's comment because that's that's nailed on about Aubameyang. We we are not constra- 
constricted, constrained, I don't know, to him being on the pitch and playing to his strengths. We are now playing to everybody's strengths. And Lacazette is the glue. Yes, he's not scoring as much as he should, but if you watch him, how much work he does off the ball, he glues all the... And the kids love him anyway. The kids play so well with him. Um, I've got so much... I don't even know where to start. But I think... I'm sure you'll get in somehow. The one criticism, don't make me laugh, because honestly, I sound like Mutley. The one criticism um, um, Arteta had last year from, from when I was on the other podcast was, why wasn't Martinelli being played? Why wasn't Martinelli being played? We needed goals. We needed goals. I'll tell you why he wasn't being played, because he wasn't ready. Now, I've, I, I wholly believe that. I believe ESR, Saka, and we're seeing it now with Martinelli. We'll see it with Patino. He brings them in when they're ready. I had a whole big conversation with Lagrove last night on Twitter about this. He feels that he had no choice because of Ozil. He brought ESR in. We're never going to know. Doesn't matter. Doesn't mean he's right. I'm right in what I think. I think the time was right. The time was right for Martinelli. We saw glimpses a couple of seasons of what he can do, especially that beautiful goal against Chelsea. Maybe he wasn't ready. Maybe he just wasn't ready. And, um, and Arteta's brought him in and look at him go. We, we want him in the, the first 11 every game. There's no doubt about that. And the team he's picking is gelling so well. And as, as Owen said about Xhaka, if he's forward passing, then, Xhaka, then Arteta's doing something right because that boy does not forward pass much at all. Now, Trust the process. I've said this all along. I will judge Arteta come May. I'm a massive supporter of his. I think what he's trying to do, we're watching it. We can see it. I mean, if you look at Kieran Tierney, I mean, you, we've just got a wealth of fantastic kids in our team. And the old adage, you can't win the league with kids. Well, someone else did that. Um, you know, it's hard because, on the other hand, you can look at the opposition, but we can only play what's in front of us. Totally you know, agree. We we can't, you know, I do look at it and go, Norwich were poor. The other teams were poor. There were teams that were poor. But but then if you go back a few games to Leicester away at half past 12, I did not think we would win. I said it all along. That, didn't that, I? That, that game in particular, I mean, a half 12 kickoff. Uh, Absolutely. I, I, that, that was outstanding. Trevor, um, what what what's your thoughts on how we're we're improving an away game? Away games have been a bit of an Achilles heel to us, but we conceded obviously the the five at Man City. But in in our last five away games, it was four games conceded against Liverpool, three at Man United. A game that really sticks in my throat because I thought we could we had them by the throat. Then the the, the total brain fart, which was Everton, uh, we conceded one at Leeds, which was unfortunate, and then none away to Norwich. Um, yes, okay, you could look at the opposition in those uh, incidents are better the more goals we conceded. But this, defensively, we've improved. And now in the forward area, Trev, we seem to be improving as well. And I'll I, I, I pick up and I'd like you to comment on what Truel said, that um, he said, really, Lacazette was rubbish against Norwich. I don't think he was rubbish. I just think there was other players that outshone him. Un unmute yourself, Trev. I'll do it and I'll do it. No, you, you have to do it. No, sorry about that. Um, Lacazette wasn't rubbish against Norwich. I, I'm finding these away performances still a little bit confusing because I watch the games at, at Everton and Man United and Everton and Man United are not top-class sides at the moment and we were awful. We were really, really bad. But we've, we've gone to Leeds and we've gone to, to Norwich and they've filled us full of hope again. They've won comfortably at both places. Um 
There's a, you don't have to make a reason for us being better since Aubameyang hasn't played because the facts tell you we've been better since Aubameyang hasn't played. We don't have to give a reason. You just have to look at the results and the way we've performed. And I think that Martinelli playing on the left um, instead of Aubameyang has been a massive, massive lift to our team and to our squad. Um, I think that Saka also scoring goals from the other side of the field. We've got a, we've got class finishes on both sides of the pitch now. Both can cut in, both can score a goal, and then we've got the other lad Smith Rowe, who's got this, who's developing this habit of finding a yard in the penalty area to score a goal. It's a habit. You watch it. What he's done over over this season, he, he times his run, or he gets there early, or he gets there late, but he finds a yard. And his goals are like tap-ins, really, because he finds that space. So I'm so impressed. Lacazette, Lacazette's an interesting one because there's no doubt that he gels the side and there's no doubt that um, he lifts the young players. They love playing with him. They've said that. But for me, he don't play for us next season if we if we take that next step. We want a, someone that does the job he does now but scores a few more goals, you know, because he doesn't get anywhere near scoring enough goals. And I'm not being horrible to Lacazette there. Once again, that's just seeing it how we see it, you know. He does gel the side. He does lead the line, you know, but he doesn't score enough goals and we need a goal-scoring striker. So at the moment, I'm very happy. I've still got Man United and Everton in the back of my head. I'm a bit confused about what happened there. But yep. you, can't, you can't take anything away from the Leeds and Norwich performances. We've done what we needed to do. And we move on now to City, you know. Um, well, we're going to talk about Norwich first, obviously, in more depth, Fergus, but... We move on now to City and see how we go there, mate. It's a huge, it's a huge test. Uh, Trev, before I go to Owen, um, myself and yourself were in a similar point of view. And Owen, you can answer after Trev um, about Martin Oldegaard. We thought he was a good signing, good value for money. Um, but we hadn't seen uh, the Oldegaard that Trulls and Norway fans and, and, and some people had seen at, at times for Real Madrid and so on. But... Yesterday and the previous couple of games, you can just see him gradually getting better and better and better. And and yesterday, for me, I thought he's probably man of the match. Trev, yeah, he's 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 developing very nicely, isn't he? And what's happening is I'm not taking any of the focus away from Odegaard here, far from it. But we've got half a dozen young players that are developing very nicely, and Odegaard is part of that group. And you can see them all improving and growing into playing Premier League football every game. And it's exciting. We as Arsenal fans, if you're not excited at the moment about being an Arsenal fan, then I don't know what you've been watching because they are all developing nicely. Odegaard is he's getting more and more confidence every game. I like the fact, I, I still don't, I still think we need better than Xhaka, but I think Xhaka is moving the ball forward a little bit better last two or three games. Not, not, you know, he, he's just moving the ball forward to Odegaard and letting Odegaard do his stuff in front of him. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited, Fergus. I'm excited. As I said, it was dampened a bit with them two away results. But overall, looking at the big picture, where we were, where we are and where we want to be, we're on a path and we're not we're where we want to be, mate. We're OK. We're doing all right. And Odegaard is going to be a massive part of that going forward. Owen? Yeah, um... To be honest with you, I remember <clears throat> in the transfer window that we brought in Martin Rudigard on a on a permanent deal. There was a lot of people looking at Emmy Bundia, at, at, at James Madison. You know, people getting starry eyed by these big names. But for me, he was head and shoulders above either of them. For me, I think that 
people may disagree with this, but from what I've seen, on a technical level, um, he is by a country mile the best footballer at this club on a technical level in terms of his ability to take the ball under pressure, to distribute passes, to just his all-round technical game is absolutely fantastic. He's got vision that nobody else does, and I know that I hate to even throw it back to this, but it, he is quite similar in terms of how he moves the ball forward. He's like a prime Mesut Ozil, seeing those passes, breaking the lines, forcing players to make runs. We look at that goal for Pepe against Sunderland. Pepe wasn't even making that run. It was Odegaard's pass that made him move towards towards the ball mm. in that instant. So for me, if I'm looking at our crop of young players, and I'll be honest, I absolutely adore every single one of them, but for me, Martin Odegaard is the one with the highest potential. If I can see that one of them going world-class level, it's Martin Odegaard. He's got the pedigree, you know, training from Real Madrid. And for me, what what he brings to the club is there's very few players in the world that can do this. You know, every every team in the world is extremely lucky to even have one of them at their club. And it's a, it's a tempo setter. Martin Odegaard is the drummer of the band for Arsenal. He's the one that sets the rhythm, that controls the pace of the game, that dictates the game. And for me, that's why his loan signing works so well. People talk about Emil Smith-Rowe's breakthrough um at the festive period last season which is undoubtable he, he did have a massive impact but it also corresponds with the introduction of martin odegaard into the side and that's why i think we had the opportunity for him because we had somebody there to start setting tempo and dictate our attack and play and for me i think somebody mentioned in the, in the chat there against norwich world class that that that's what he looked like to me he looked like a world-class central midfield player just completely tr- controlling the game and something that a lot of people forget is that he's only a year older than Emile smith row <laughs> you know he's still a very 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 young player and for me the future's bright for him probably above anybody else in the squad i would say that's a amanda, dro- amanda drop I was just going to say, Amanda, dropping further back, uh, Party um, had a much better game against Norwich. Again, look, let's not keep on using this phrase, uh, which I've used a couple of times. It's the opposition that we face, but you can only play what's put in front of you. Party uh, played very, very well in that game, uh, but the guy who complimented him was the one that you talked about, like putting forward passes through, which he never does, and I'm sure it must have been too much Christmas wine or something like that made him get disorientated. But Granite Shack and Party, they paired well for that game, don't you think? Yeah, no, I, I actually commented last night. I said, Party's actually playing so much better. This is what we expect. This is what we've expected of Party to play like that. And Jacker is. Um, I, I'm so lost with how I feel about Jacker. Honestly, it's not that I flip-flop at all. When he threw his shirt down, he was done for me. And then I think to myself, you've got to give people a chance. And, you know, I've heard he's done lovely um, things outside of football as well. And uh, what he's doing for the Arsenal fan, you know, giving him, um, you know, tickets for this this Saturday because tomorrow's cancelled from America, the Arsenal fan. You hear these things, he's starting to play well and you start to fall into the trap again of thinking, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. And then then he'll go and do something. The, the, the fear we've got with Xhaka at the moment is actually not his football. His football's fine. It's his stupid, stupid temperament in that last, you know, those seconds when he'll go for a ball and he'll get sent off. We cannot afford, we cannot afford to have him sent off. And that is my only issue with him at the moment. I think going forward, uh, for me, Xhaka needs to be on the, uh, you know, in the first 11. But I just want to go back to Erdegaard a second because 
I did rave about him when he came back and he didn't do as what I thought he was going to do. And, and I thought to myself, maybe he needs to settle a little bit. And he is playing fantastic. I'm sorry. He is just him and, and Lacazette. And I just want to go back to what you said about Lacazette Hilsey. We and you never really disagree, but I am disagreeing here. Lacazette for me works. It is it, like, how can I put it? I don't even know. The train driver of the team. He gels the kids together. He's like the teacher of them, and they respect him so much. I'd give him a year, absolutely. I wouldn't sign him for two or three years, but I'd give him a year extension if we can't get what we need in the transfer window. Princess, right. princess, listen, we are here to discuss things, sweetheart. That's we what are. We, get, that's what we do. We will discuss what our thoughts, and then at the end of the day, we'll decide that I was right. It's a simple well. True, absolutely. No, what not. was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can see your point about Lacker. I can't argue that point, Princess. Does I not just stop, Hilsey. He does not stop. Watch him off the ball. Honestly, I know we'd like him to score more. And everyone knew he was going to score that penalty yesterday. I, everyone, because there was no pressure on him at three or four nil up, whatever score we were at. You yeah, knew he was going to score. We don't want score to score in penalties when we're three or four nil up. We we, I know. Nil nil in the 90th minute. I understand that. But he can produce the. He can produce the balls for ESR to come off the bench and score like he does. But Udegaard, yeah, three assists, three goals in the last God knows how many matches. And there's people that didn't want him and still don't want him. And I do not understand that. I don't understand what they're watching. I swear I don't understand what half the Gooners watch sometimes when I when I read things. I think to myself, am I seeing this differently? But, yeah, Shaka and Party definitely will be my midfield. You've got to keep him fit. But isn't he off to the AFCON party? We'll get into the AFCON afterwards once we finish the can game. I, yeah. can, I, can I jump in quickly for just on that midfield partnership there? Um, <clears throat> PG was covered Jacka there um, quite well, I think. But something that I realised uh, watching yesterday's game was the emphasis on Partey to sit slightly deeper. And I think when we brought in Partey, you, you heard a lot of people, <clears throat> and very knowledgeable people, saying that Mikel Arteta can potentially get the best out of Thomas Partey because he's going to take the shackles off and let him go box to box, whereas... At, at Atletico, he was he was more contained to his defensive duties, and I said a while back that I think we actually need to rein him in a little bit because that is where Thomas Partey is deadly. You know, he gets in and breaks up those uh, transitions from the opposition, and I think that we were almost granting him too much freedom. And for all Granite Jacker's downfalls, I think that Thomas Partey doesn't have the characteristics to lead a midfield parent. You know, when he was playing over in La Liga, he was partnered with Coke or Sharon Nagez or. <clears throat> some big characters and for all his faults I think that Granit Xhaka does possess those qualities that Thomas Partey needs in a partner and I think that that's why we do see the best out of Thomas Partey um, in, uh, w is when it's with Granit Xhaka and for me Partey is almost like a Gil Gilberto Silva character where you don't really see him do a lot but you know when you're not talking about him that he's had quite a good game you know that that's he does the stuff that nobody else really wants to do and in a way I think that translates into what PG was trying to put across Trev about Lacazette, which was that he doesn't need to be scoring, he doesn't need to be assisting. The the his willingness to run tires out defender, it pulls them out of positions, it makes space for the wingers to run into. And potentially Granite or sorry, Alexander Lacazette could go through the entirety of a ninety minutes without touching the ball once and still put in a good shift and do good work, if you know what I mean. It's a it's a strange game that it's transforming into where a centre forward doesn't necessarily need to be bagging twenty goals a season to have a good season. But 
because you've got Martinelli, Saka, and ESR scoring, and it maybe is a different, you know, maybe it's a different position for him. But what you said about Jacker and Partey, they are different and they complement each other. Trev, I want to talk about another pairing. Trev, um, Saka and Emma Smith Rowe had a fantastic game. Here we go. Saka ran and was with Rose. A, a fantastic game um, uh, yesterday. Talk to me about um, Saka's performance first and then um, Emma Smith-Rowe coming on as a super sub uh, yet again and scoring, um, I think that's scoring three consecutive, uh, as three consecutive appearances as a substitute in the Premier League. And it's the first one for Arsenal too, that's um, Rosicki of 2009. Yeah. Just before we go to Saka and Emma Smith Rowe, I've missed out on a couple of points. Yeah, let's just clarify that I'm not on Lacker's back. I'm just saying that I want more goals out of the striker. I don't think he scores enough goals. Yeah, Fair enough. Yeah, everything else he does, he, he, he does really well. And Granite Xhaka was lucky not to be sent off at Leeds, yeah. and he was up to his antics again yesterday. I'll leave it at that. As for as for Saka and Emma Smith Rowe. I, I, I saw Saka make his debut for the Arsenal senior team over in Kiev a, a couple of years ago. That was a tripping off. I'm not going to dwell on it, but we were playing Poltava, but we played the game in Kiev. And as soon as he set foot on that field... I'm, I'm sure I got some video footage of that. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as Saka set foot on the field that night, I knew we had a class act. And I don't think he stops improving since that day. You know, I think if you looked at every game he's played and, and broke it all down, you could find a way of saying he's improved again and uh, last few games he's really cutting inside a lot and he's going for goal a lot more and and scoring goals and then we've got Smith Rowe he's so unlucky to be a substitute at the moment how do we squeeze him in I don't know but when he does come on he's just you're just waiting for him to score a goal at the moment are you he comes on the field and you're thinking he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna score a goal he's gonna find a bit of space to score a goal I'm that confident he will find space in the defence. And look, I watched the Man City game back yesterday, right? They scored six, but they let three in. And I was looking at Man City's defence. And I was sitting there thinking, Smith Rowe would find spaces there. Smith Rowe would find spaces in that penalty area. And on our day, we're going to turn that lot over, you know? So I'm, I'm just, as I said earlier, Fergus, you can't really break it down into one or two. We've got a group of players that are all improving together from the back to the front, you know? I mean, let's just sling another name in, right? Eight or ten weeks ago, everyone was... Well, not everyone, that's a lie. A few people were saying, oh, Ben White, is he a decent sign and is he not a decent sign? Look how he's developed in the last few weeks, Ben White. We've got a team of developing players. We've got Alabama Yang out of the way. Once again, we don't need to dwell on that. It doesn't need explaining. The evidence is there and it shows it, right? Just be excited. I can't pick players out individually. I can talk about them. But if you want me to talk about the overall picture, it's the team, Fergus. We, I, I, you know, where we if we keep this team together, in one, two, three, four, five years' time, we could be anywhere. We could be at the pinnacle, mate. And I don't think that's an overstatement. And you haven't even touched on this fella, Aaron well, Ramsdale. There you go, there you yeah. go Fergus. You haven't it's even proof. touched on this fella and his goal yesterday in Kieran Tierney. Just you know, and, again, you know, and this 
picture here demonstrates this. Lacazette with his arm around Smith Rowe after he scored that goal in the 90th minute. It just demonstrates what he's doing okay. for um, for the Hale End, uh, the Hale End massive, as I like to call him, because I'm down with the kids. So listen, yeah, um, Joe. Sorry, the- for Joe. Absolutely right, Joe. He was always a good signing, my dear. He always was. Just that not everyone believes like you and me. Not everyone believes. Like uh, you I and did. Uh, but I always give, I always say this, honestly, I don't, whoever comes in, I never criticise or praise until they put the shirt on, cross the white line and start playing for us. Because exactly. honestly, you, no one has a clue how they're going to play for us. You know, Ben White, maybe people thought he was not, you know, worth the 50 million quid. But wait and see. This is the problem with a lot of football fans. Criticise the minute anyone's interested in anyone. Just wait and see. I was quite happy. Ramsdale is the typical one, isn't it? That everyone kicked off, not everyone, as we said, but the majority kicked off about. And now they've got... I I wouldn't say it was even the majority. I would say it's the idiots on social media. Oh, well, I I mean, I'm talking about the people that on Twitter. I mean, I was like, let me tell you what happened to me. I'll tell you quickly, yeah? Man City friend of mine travels all over the world with Man City, yeah? Messaged me mid-August and said to me, Aaron Ramsdale, what the hell have you said? And he went on to tell me how shitty he was. Sorry if I'm not allowed to swear. How crap he was. All this going on. I went to him. He hasn't even uh, gone to London Colney yet. Can we just wait and see? Why would Arteta sign such a bad goalkeeper? You wait and see. I've got the messages. I send it to him every week. Every week. I bring that message down from August and go, oh, yeah, lucky. He was lucky this game. When, When Leicester, I went, lucky, yeah? Every game, we're lucky, yeah? And that this is my point. Literally, as he signed, uh, or there was rumours, he sent me that message. I was like, I've, I'm not saying a word until he puts that shirt on. Trev, um, we're not, we're not going to football uh, tomorrow. It's been cancelled. Uh, I it was, look, I, I'm, I can't say I'm a fan of the early kickoffs, and we touched on the Leicester one, which was a surprise because they're normally really dour, uh, dour affairs. Um, but the Wolves game and 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 Owen, because I know you wanted to mention uh, this, and I'll I'll leave you to debate it there for a little bit as well. But the Wolves game is called off because of COVID and injuries in the Wolves camp. Um, what's your thoughts on 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 that? And I I personally would have preferred to have the three points in because I, I was quite confident that meeting Wolves on the form that we're in, that and at home we get three points ahead of the City game. <clears throat> Look, my uh, my stance on it is just one of, of of fairness, I think, and and the simple fact is that we would have had uh, we would have had forty eight hours between between fixtures, um, and Wolves would have had I think up to about a week. So, I think I think that's why we've seen the consistency in team selection as well against Norwich, why there was no mass rotation because I I, I presume that. That the club already knew that that game was likely going to be postponed, uh, so we decided to field everybody. So it's simply just down to the fact that, and I'm, I'm going to end up agreeing with, with Trev, I think, because we were talking about uh, Klopp and Conte. I, 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 I really don't like the the moaning when it comes to the congested fixtures over the Christmas period. You know, it's it's been this way always. That uh, these are prime athletes. There's I, I see people that have run seventy marathons in seventy days, and and now we're expecting multi-millionaire athletes that are coached day in, day out, all year round, uh, we're, we're supposed to moan about them because they don't want to play two or three games within a week. It's it's insane. But what I will say is that 
just out of fairness, the fact that there would have been such um, such a difference in the amount of recovery time that, that Wolves would have had compared to us, that I think that wouldn't have been fair. And I think it's all good to turn around and say that, oh, lovely game to go ahead. But then if Wolves go out and beat us because we are absolutely knackered after 50 minutes, then uh, then that's when that, that issue would start to be brought up. Trev? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's uh, it's sickening to the stomach listening to these managers whine about their players having to play two games in in uh, two games in four days, or you know, two games in two days. It's sickening to the pit of my stomach. They're they're well paid athletes. They're fit as a fiddle. If they get injured, they get instant treatment. You know, they've got doctors on hand, and you know, there's other people that do a lot lot more work and get a lot more knackered and earn a lot less. So. Just don't, it's entertainment. That It's for us. And don't take it away from us at Christmas. Don't moan about me watching me football at Christmas. If you don't like it, no one forces you to play football. No one forces them to play football. If they're not happy, don't play football. This is the second you know, time we disagree. <laughs> you know, go and play on a building site. And Trev, by the way, Trev, they're not machines. They're, they're human beings. And I'm absolutely with Klopp. And as it, Owen just said, he's thrilled now because now we've got a break till City, yeah? But but he's thrilled because we get that resting time. So what's the difference in what Klopp's saying? I'm sorry, Trev, I disagree. And you know I've watched football for 40 years no, but over P Christmas. But, and but, but, but PG, what, what I said was if Wolves had have played two days yeah. prior, I'd be fine with that. But it's the simple fact that Wolves it's, have had a full, full week's recovery. But, but why should not we level... play it 48 hours? No, 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 hang, hang, we're not going to see a good match 48 hours later. You know at 55 minutes, we're going to start tiring. Wolves, if they would have played, would start tiring. It'd be a naff game. At least give it to Wednesday. You know, at least them have some recovery period. I remember listening to Ian Wright say something, Trev. Listen to me. Ian Wright said this. He said, we are not machines. It doesn't matter if you pay me one pound or 10 million pounds. If I can't run it, He's I impressed. can't run it. That's Ian Wright. And I sat there and I thought, because I used to be like, oh, for God's sake, they earn 50 grand a week. Please, no, no, no. You've got nurses listen, working 10 listen, hours listen. a day. And... Did you, did you take a breath, take a breath, because I know you've got a cough and everything else. So like, just take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> so I think where, and I, and I hear where, where Owen is coming from, and I think uh, I get the point that Trevor's making as well. But if you look at the likes of Tottenham that are three games off, Wolves have had a game off because they didn't play against... Uh, was a that, that's not my league. point, sorry. No, no, if no, it was no, a level that, playing that, field. No, hang on, hang on, hang on a second. That was Owen's point about if the, it's almost a blessing that we are getting a little bit of a rest because other teams are getting rest. And if we went up against Wolves, no matter how good, bad or indifferent Wolves are with regards to our level... We've played two days yeah. uh, prior. They hadn't played for nearly a week. That was the point, I think. Am Sorry, I right on? Yeah, but I'm talking about Trev's point. Sorry, I was agreeing with Owen. It, it, it does help us for City. Yeah, but, but, Absolutely. But the, point, the point is the elite athletes and the elite athletes should be at the at the peak of their, their level. If, if Owen uses the example of a guy running seven marathons in seven days or whatever, or 70 marathons, that, that, that's another elite. Totally so they, they, yeah, they, they will pick up injuries and they will have to be rested and rotated. But yeah, we're going to have to agree to disagree on that. That's one. fine. Sorry. That's okay. You can yeah. go and find another job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, the, the, one of the th one of the threads that I picked up on as well on tw on Twitter, which is a lovely place, obviously, but um, uh, it was one of the more decent pieces of content that seemed being put out. And it was a simple fact that if you look at non-league football, <clears throat> that there's 
there, there's players that are playing the same amount of fixtures as Premier League clubs, but they're going and they're working on building sites when they're not playing football, or they're going and they're putting their kids to, they're, they're taking care of their kids, or there's maybe people that work for the NHS that are standing on their feet for 13 and a half hour days, and they play the fixtures, they're happy, and I was the same when I was playing football as well, is that, you know, the fixtures come thick and fast, and for me, if it's a level, play, level playing field with, with the facilities that they have access to, the lifestyles that they lead, they should be well fit to do that. And let's let's face it, it's not a case of this happens for six months a season. It's normally a month, two months, where it comes thick and fast. And that's what makes this league the best league in the world. And I think I was listening to Ben Foster's podcast earlier, and he said that the players used to complain slightly about it when he was playing. And he just had to remind himself that there was billions of people around the world that loved sitting down to watch football over Christmas and that there's only maybe a, few, a couple of hundred players that didn't really like going out and doing it that much. So you're providing, you know, a, a couple of hundred are suffering for the for the benefit of of, of billions potentially. So it's part mm. of the culture over here, really, isn't it? Uh, listen, the huge test that we've got coming up uh, is the City game. And uh, Irish Mick put um, a, 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 um, a message up earlier, which is we're competing uh, with easier teams around us at the moment. Um, and it's now about taking on uh, the bigger sides and so on. Um, and I think from memory, he put up one about Spurs will be a huge... Somebody put up a message earlier about Spurs is going to be a huge... Um, uh, test away from home. It's going to be a hostile crowd and everything else. Trev, we've got City City away on New Year's Day. Um, it's a twelve thirty kickoff yeah, we, again. Uh, don't like the twelve. Yes, City at home. City at home. Where where do you see see that game going? Where, well, I was talking to Mem, I was talking to Mem earlier, and I said if we can hold them to one nil or get a draw against them, I'd actually call it a good result. I, I know it sounds negative, but I, I would say that's a good result. We, we, yourself, Trev. I I think that any result against Man City will be a decent result for us. I'm 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 more confident than I've ever been in the last probably eight or ten seasons of us getting a result of of us getting a result off for City. We really it's the next step. I said it the other night. It's the next step for us to get a win against a big a, one of the one of the other three big sides. You know, it's the next step. We we keep doing all this work against the lower and mediocre sides, you know, the lower sides like Norwich and Newcastle at the moment and the mediocre sides like Tottenham. We've, we've, we've done all of them. And now it's if the next step comes along now, we, we start getting results against against City, Chelsea and Liverpool. And I think on our day, we're capable of that. We're stronger than we have been for years. And, you know, if we're, if we're on form, there's no reason why we can't get a result. That's, of course, if the players can pick themselves up after playing two games in a week and have the energy to get on the field and uh, kick a ball. I do feel sorry for them, you know. <laughs> Maybe we should cut the season down to once a month, I think, to be honest with you. You know, once a month, that'll, that'll do it, you know, and just pay them the million sarcasm pounds. Sarcasm is the lowest form of wit, young man. It's not sarcasm. It's a fact, isn't it? They shouldn't be moaning. They shouldn't be moaning. They should be going out there and playing football, you know. PG, what do you think on the, the City game? What's your thoughts? Uh, you know, are you going in there with a glass half empty or half full? Half full, definitely. I would be... Will at- you be in corporate eating wine and cheese like you were up no. in the summer? Up in, no, no, no. At the Etihad, I do that. I don't do that at the Emirates. Yeah. I'm in the stand-upper. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, oh, God, I can't call this one. Um, I don't think we'll win. 
I don't. I think City are on fire as well. I think it'll be a great game. I wish it wasn't 12.30, oh, as, as James just said. Um, I wish it was like a four o'clock, but it's not. We have to get on with it. I'd be over the moon with a draw, but I, I'm not going to predict. I'm just not. Owen, Owen thoughts on, on this game? And, you know, you saw what Leicester did. Leicester gave him, gave him a proper fright uh, yesterday. Mm. And, and people, if they go at them, what did Leicester do? And Leicester got injuries and everything else. What did Leicester do to to put the fear of God up them for a bit? <laughs> See, I don't think it's so much what, what, what Leicester did. See, I think that this, this happens every single season is that that Man City are built up to be this absolute mammoth that that they should be, only to be uh, to be stopped by a speed bump, you know, uh, in 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 the road. And I think that that's what Leicester was to them. That City, for all their talent, for all their quality, that 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 they do have this soft underbelly at sides uh, at, at times um, against certain sides. And I think that for Arsenal, going into this one is that that. I think that Mikel Arteta will be looking at this and thinking that this is a good way to rectify the damage that was done with that Everton and Man United games, two games that that I think we definitely should have won. Um, and I think that he'll be looking at, at City as a big scalp that could be ten, that could potentially be got. I'd put it like this: I'd be much more confident of picking points up off against Man City than I would against Liverpool. Um, I think that Man City have their down days and we have our up days. And the truth is, is that this is now we talk about tests and I think that whilst in context you can make excuses for Everton or Man United or, or whatever but I think that this is obviously a massive test to gauge how much we have actually progressed under Mikel Arteta and how much our attacking play has progressed in the past few months in particular um, but for me the way you get at Man City is you just can't show them any respect and something that I was quite happy about not only in the Norwich game and, and a few of the other games um, before that as well, was our ability to stand up physically, which is something that we haven't been able to do a lot, a lot recently. We've seen with the likes of Billy Gilmore and Ben White last night, there was you know uh, a few slaps going back and forth between the two of them, and Gabrielle Michael Hayes seems to be keen to get stuck in on that too. So I think that it's time that Arsenal sort of bring back their their old hard nut uh, traditions that they were built on and go out and, and get into the faces of City and really try to physically dominate the game. Um, so for me, I think that a draw would be fantastic. A win would be absolutely monumental, That's but standard. it's, it's going to be difficult. Trev, do, do, do you think if we stood up and done what Owen said and, and, and took it to City and uh, not matched them, but took it to them physically and like, you know aggressively, do you think that could be the key? Uh, do you know what? Owen's absolutely nailed it there. He's absolutely nailed it there. And it's something we haven't covered, really, in that we've spoke about our youngsters raising the level of our game and the players we've, we've signed raising the level of our game. We, we, we undoubtedly have toughened up over this, particularly this season and the back end of last season, if I'm honest. But we are a tougher side. Ben White and, and Gabriel have, 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 have made our defence a totally different proposition Tierney won't take no 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 um no prisoners. And on the other side, we've got Tommy Asu. And Tommy, look at it's interesting. We spoke about earlier, didn't we, about um the Arsenal fans not being very pleasant to our fans. For Princess nailed it. The Arsenal fans not being very pleasant to our new signings before they've even crossed the white line. But it's not just the fans. Do you remember uh what's you know that Cavi bloke on Sky? 
the transfer date. Oh, yeah, yeah. How he was, how he had the, the, the audacity to speak Sky about Sky Kavanagh or whatever his name yeah. is, yeah. He spoke about Tommy Asu as if he, he'd watched him play every game for years. And he obviously did not have a clue that Cavi broke. And I'm still waiting for a for a, a, a an apology from him to to, to Tommy Asu because Tommy Asu has completed our defence. He's been he's been the most unexpectedly brilliant signing we've this season. Um, so against Man City, if our back four play as strong as they can, if Xhaka doesn't get stupid. Because he's tried to get stupid last two or three games and he hasn't managed to pull it off. Um, there's absolutely no reason why you've got to look. Can our front four score goals against City? It's defense, absolutely, absolutely. Undoubtedly, our front four can score goals against City's defense. Can City's attack score goals against our defense? Of course, they can, but we've got a much better defense than we've had for years so. Does it give us the edge? Does it give us that win we've been waiting for against one of the very top sides? I'll tell you what, we can't say for sure, but I bloody hope so. I really hope so. PG, I know you said you um, had limited time. Did you get you still spare a couple more minutes? Or... A couple more minutes, then I'll have to go, yeah. yeah. Do you want to have your say on the City game and then you can say farewell or whichever? Yeah. Or <laughs> Um, I don't think we need to be stupid. Um, I think we need to not give them any space. I think we've got to play our game, but we've got to be sensible. They are a top-class side. They will tear us a new one like they did at the Etihad. I'm just pleased. Sorry. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm just pleased that we're in this 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 great reign of form at the moment. Let's go for it. Don't pay them any respect, but be sensible. Oh, God. <coughs> one second. So, yes, I'm really sorry I do have to leave, but That's it's no been lovely. Weird that I've disagreed with Trev. Princess, you know what I mean? It had to happen one day. It did. But you know what? There's fun in the making up, sweetheart. You know what I mean? That's what it is. Absolutely. It's Carlos. lovely. Sorry, Cole. Sorry, Cole. We... We, 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 we won't speak to you before the new year so have a, a lovely happy new year to you Carl and Jack uh, I hope you have a lovely time and hope your cough gets better oh, it's I'll, terrible. I'll, I'll, see, right I'll see you later PJ thank you thank you everyone take care bye Owen oh, so I suppose the, the, the last sort of thing that we talk about we could look at the League Cup game and we could look at the, uh, the FA Cup game but I was probably looking. We thought I touched on a little bit earlier. Uh, a quick question would be: Lacazette, would you get? Would you let somebody asked in the chat earlier? Would you sell him in January? Would you let him wait till the end of his contract and uh, have a free transfer? Or would you be radical and offer him a one-year extension? But he'll want more money. I would have thought. Yeah, well, uh, rumours coming out of the club today is that they <clears throat> they made a renewed offer of a one-year deal to Alexander Lacazette, and that it, that he's subsequently turned it down. Um, to be honest with you, I think at his age, a one-year contract just isn't going to work for a player like that. And I think any longer than that is too big of a commitment for Arsenal to make. Now, what is said him in January? No, absolutely not. Um, to me, see, this is the difference. I would be moving on Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang in January simply for the fact that the difference between him and Alexander Lacazette is that even though Lacazette is coming to the war, towards the end of his contract, I think he has the character to carry himself in the right manner, to radiate the, 
the types of vibes that you want within your best dressing room in, in, in the right manner and and to coach your to help coach those young players like we were saying earlier he has the ability to gel those wings together gel those players together and i think that alexander lacazette is definitely the type of character that would carry himself in the right manner whereas abamyang i think would be the one to spit his dummy out of the pram and potentially cause problems in the dressing room i also think that another reason you wouldn't let him go is i think it's probably time to move eddie and Caddy on I think he's reached his reached his uh, the, the summit of his mountain at Arsenal Football Club. I think it's time for him to potentially move on. And I think that Fowler and Balogun is a player that, if I've ever seen somebody that needs a loan to a championship side or something, it's Flo Balogun. So for me, I think that we need to be targeting somebody in January to come in and provide support for for Lacazette. Uh, but no, I think it's time to start moving on. We we'll see, we we'll see the the injection of life it's brought into the club, bringing in new people, and for all his good attributes, as Trev mentioned earlier, you still need your striker to be hitting the back of the net on a regular basis, and I think that that that's where Lacazette just falls short. Trev, your thoughts on Lacazette, and also a couple of people saying keep Eddie, give him a new contract. Um, we need numbers, but Eddie doesn't want to be here, does he? I agree with Owen, completely agree with Owen. It, for me, from my perspective, it doesn't really matter what happens with Lacazette in January or the summer. I don't want to see him go. I don't mind him staying, but we still need to sign another striker, a top, top striker, you know, that maybe makes Lacazette second choice. So then you look at Aubameyang. If, if he brought back Aubameyang into the side now or in the foreseeable future, we'd all be scratching our heads and thinking, what is going on, wouldn't we? You know, mm. we just wouldn't know why. We wouldn't be able to work I mean. it out because form has been so different. So, for me, Aubameyang goes. Lacquer, whether he stays or goes, we still sign another striker. Balogun needs a good boot up the backside, I think, for me. And I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. I mean, he needs a lift. So, get him out on loan somewhere. As for Eddie, Eddie's a trier. Eddie's a lovely lad. I don't think he's ever going to be Premier League class on a regular basis. So probably I would be with let Eddie go if he wants to go. If his art's not there, let him go. But whatever we do, whatever, however it pans out, the most important, the key for me is we sign a good striker, regardless. And is there anybody in mind that you would... Uh say that you want I, I'm I'm no good with all these names and transfer rumours and you know I, I travel up to Leeds with Pot City's rattling this name off and that name off and I'm going lost on me <laughs> so you've asked me that question because you know I'm the same as you and I can't argue <laughs> answer it mate yeah, I'm lost with all these names or if, if they mention a name I look at how many he scored and what league he plays in what standard he plays and uh, we take it from there yeah no we can't, don't worry, I'm not going to dwell on it, but like a Giroud type would do me, a big, borrocking, hard nut of a centre forward, you know. Yeah, man, a big, tall one that's going to hold the ball up and score a few more goals. But I'm not unhappy with Lacazette. Our mm -hmm. trolls, no, it's too small trolls. We need a big striker. Oh, Owen, oh, um, who... Oh, sorry, who Calvert, Calvert Lyon, Ali Watkins, uh, Lautro Martinez, is, are all names being mentioned in there too? I know one I don't know. Who would who would you, uh, if that is the area you concentrate on? I think that the, that the end thing for everybody, to, to, he's like this year's Husa uh, um which is uh, Dusan Vlaovic. And look, whilst I really, really like him as a player, I think he's, he's fantastic. He possesses a lot of 
qualities that would definitely translate to the Premier League. But there's one stumbling block for me, and it's the fact that he's openly come out and basically said that he's got no interest in joining Arsenal. And as soon as I hear those words, I don't care if you're Cristiano Ronaldo in his prime, if you don't want to be at this club, if you have no desire to come here and play for the Arsenal, I don't want you anywhere near the place. And that's the problem, I think, that... That, that that's the mistakes that we've made in the past is that we've, you know, look at Robin van Persie, Cesc Fabregas and throwing the captain's armband to players just to keep them at the club, being desperate and then their, their, their true intentions eventually shine through in their performances and their actions further down the line. So for me, if I was to go for any of them, I'll be honest with you Dominic Calvert-Lewin from Everton is the one that I would be throwing my money at and it's simply because I really, really really like the 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 strategy that we have been taking with going for Premier League proven talent. You know, you look at Ben White, Aaron Ramsdale, um, these players are probably people that, well, not probably, definitely signings that people criticise coming from from domestic transfers. So for me, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is somebody that has proved that he's um, quite a competent goal scorer at a club like Everton, who I don't think will provide as many chances as Mikel Arteta's side will and he's still very very young and can grow and it also adds us another option because I think he's he's very very underrated with the ball at his feet he'll he'll score you plenty of goals with the ball at his feet but his aerial ability is just a completely different dynamic that we that he could bring to this Arsenal side you know when you have crossers of the ball like like Kieran Tierney like uh, Martinelli, Bakayo Saka people that play the ball onto his head he will grab an absolute mountain of goals so I think you're with Dominic Calvert-Lewin, um, Trev said they're a big Giroud-type forward. I think you're getting that, but you're also getting the sort of the fancy feet of some of the more technical forwards yeah. that we, we would like to be at the club. Yeah, no, I, to be honest, Calvert-Lewin is one I I have mentioned of one of the few players that I, I, I like, that I'd like to see at, at Arsenal. Uh, Trulls has come along and said that it's a shame we didn't get Bamford. He would have been a good fit for, uh, sorry, Bamford would be a good fit, fit for um, Arsenal. Uh, the one I, I um, Abrahams, who went to Roma, I thought would have been a, a good fit for Arsenal. The reason I like uh, Calvert-Lewin is, um, for the reason you said, he's a big you know, a target man, but yet again, he has, he's got feet that he can work on like Pepe. Um, and, and uh, my only concern with him is his uh, current injury record. He just seems to get injured way, way too easy. Um, the, the, the last thing I, I want to talk about very briefly is AFCON. Um, Trev, what do we do about this AFCON? They, they, we're going to lose probably four players. Ferg, you know what I'm like, mate. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, pal. Yeah, no, no, far away. Move on. Owen's made such such a good point there about the type of striker we need, and I'd already agreed with that with my first comment. But also, what's worth considering nowadays is that if we 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 wouldn't get a striker in two or three seasons ago, they wouldn't want to come to us looking at what we were and where we were. But if you were a young striker now in the Premier League, scoring goals and thinking, right, I'm going to move on, and you looked at Arsenal and you saw Odegaard and you saw Saka and you saw um, Smith-Rowe and you saw Tierney and Tomiyasu flying up the wings, you'd want to come, wouldn't you? I know I would. I'd be thinking, there's a sack full of goals for me at Arsenal. That's a real progression in my career. So maybe, just maybe, there's something in the pipeline even now for January or the end of the season at the latest, someone's going to come, someone big maybe, looking at what we're doing now and thinking, yeah, 
I want to go there. All them young players, all them players, I want to be part of that. Trev, I, I agree with you 100%. And if, if I was, when I look at Arsenal, and it's probably because my rose tinted glasses and it's Arsenal, I see that youth coming through. Even when I talk to other football fans of other supporters of other clubs, they go, Arsenal turned the corner, they're doing really well at the minute and so on. But would the, the, the attraction of Mikel Arteta being a younger manager, um, and let's try and take away from the Arteta in out sort of debate, but would that put people off rather than where they could go? Klopp or Conte or you know whichever other big name you can hear at you know at Chelsea no, or whatever. No, maybe a year ago, yeah, Fergus. But look at what Arteta's doing. You look at what he's still got his detractors. You know, if we lose to Man City this weekend coming, it's going to be like they're going to flip over again. You know, it's yeah. going to be Arteta's rubbish, and but he's not. He's not. He, he, Arteta is doing a very very good job, and and. Well, don't forget his starting point. His, his starting point was a club in turmoil, and that's not an overstatement. Where players running the club, telling the manager what to do. Um, Emery didn't have a chance because the players just did basically what they wanted. So, no, that's not a case of Arteta. I think Arteta, from my perspective, is making a real good case for players coming to join the Arsenal. You know, See, as for your that's... original question, mate, as for your original question, mate, I think they should bend the AFCON off, bend it off for this year. There's loads of COVID in the world. Why send players there when you don't, you know, bend it off. Let's get this season finished. See, can I just jump in and touch on a yep. point there just once once again about a player like Dominic Calvert-Lewin about would he come uh, to Arsenal for Mikel Arteta? And I think that sometimes we overcomplicate the thought process of footballers and in this case, I think it's a very, very simple one. If you're Dominic Calvert-Lewin, sitting there a kid in his early to mid-twenties, um, you're thinking, now this is the stage for the next step in my career. Uh, where do I potentially move to? Well, I don't want to leave the Premier League because this is the biggest league in the world with the most eyes on it. The most money can be made here. Um, the most uh, commercial and uh, advertisement opportunities will be made in the Premier League. So who am I looking at? Uh, well, I definitely want to go to a club above me. Man City uh, probably probably not get in there. They'll probably go for one of the world's best strikers now within January or the summer window. Man United of Cristiano Ronaldo and Edison Cavani, Liverpool. Uh, you're not going to go to Liverpool from Everton. You'll tarnish your career. Tottenham of Harry Kane. That leaves Arsenal. Arsenal, and he'll be simply looking and saying, not what manager is there, what game time? What are the prospects of game time for me to get out onto the pitch and score goals? And the truth is, is that there's an opening for a player like Dominic Calvert-Lewin at Arsenal, and he would sign the contract, walk in, and instantly be the number one striker at the football club. The the most committed game time to that individual. And for me, it's that simple. Well, a good example of that is uh, Jack Grealish. He's gone to City, and he's a bit part player at a hundred million. <laughs> you know, okay, yeah, he does, he, he does, he does get, he does get game time, but he's not getting as much game time as he was getting at the likes of Villa and so on. So, um, let guys, me ask you a question, mate. Let me ask you yeah. a question. You're in the know. I'm going to put a comment up there and now. Are we at a stage where we can get this bloke, or we can't? Uh, I, I I don't know. The, the, I haven't got a clue. Um, no. Any people I any people I've heard of have said no. Well, financially, we can for the the fee if we offload. This is, and this is just me thinking. Yeah, but if you offload uh, the Gabonese, um, <laughs> you know, fella, um, that's three hundred and fifty grand a week saved. You transfer even if you even if you lent 
Aubameyang out for uh, uh, half a season and sold him in the summer, you still got a hundred and what's that? One hundred and seventy-five thousand pounds a week you could give him a big signing-on bonus. Adidas would pay some money. He, he's 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 looking I, from what I remember seeing. I think he's looking in the region of five hundred to six hundred grand a week. Wow! So that's what. So that's why now there's only literally Man City, PSG, Man United potentially are the only Real Madrid maybe, but with their Man, financial Man, situation, Man United won't be able to do it because they've got too many Pogba's and Ronaldo's and stuff like that. I think money wise, um, they can't go there. Trules, look, you got to love the guy. He's like me with uh, Thierry Henry and the Hand of Frog. Trules is all about Haaland and all about Odegaard. Uh, you know, <laughs> fair play to you. Look, if he comes, it'd be brilliant. Um, but listen, it's something that Trevor said earlier, and I've said time and time again, and even Owen mentioned it. Players with Premier League experience are are playing in England experience more than playing abroad because you've got Sancho who done really well in Germany. He's come over to Man United and hasn't set the world alight. There's many other players that come from other leagues. Uh, Pepe, uh, to name a few, you know, have have come over and. Not necessarily crashed and burned like Pepe. Um, I've, I've, I've mentioned Pepe a few times. I don't particularly like Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> Is it evident? <laughs> uh, Holland's only 21. Fits our remit nicely. He does. He does. He, it, it all fits, but it's financially. We can hope. We, we can, can hope. hope. We can hope. Boys, thank you very much for joining in. Um, Owen, I wish you and uh, all the family a happy new year. Uh, don't go too mad in the Guinness. Like, you know, you got. Have you got curfew at eight o'clock? Uh, no, no, not yet. I've got a, a pool competition all day tomorrow. So um, either way, I'm either going to do really well and make it to the final or uh, in regards to the messes, I'm going to do really well and make it to the final. I'll be ringing well, pissed off at ten o'clock. <laughs> you're practically semi-professional as a pool player, so like, you know, that 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 means it's a business meeting, so you can have wine, you can have cheese, and <laughs> <laughs> exactly, buddy, exactly. No, but same to you and the family, man. And thanks for having us on. And cheers, Trev, as always for for the. Conversation. It's been a pleasure, mate. I love having you on here, mate. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, man. Guys, um, Trev, thanks as always for joining us. It's always a pleasure. I haven't, I'm sorry, I've, I've just been busy with some other bits and pieces. I haven't rang you in, uh, in between uh, Christmas, but uh, I'm sure we'll speak before the new year. But in the meantime, I'll uh, wish you and Donna and Nancy, uh, who's if she hasn't eaten half your house, uh, a happy new year. And um, we will we will chat <laughs> we will chat uh, on the other side. Uh, everybody in the chat and everybody watching, listening is back. Happy New Year from everyone at Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Uh, I am Fergus. I'm your host, joined today by Gunnar Hilsey, Owen from the Gunnar Podcast. And earlier we had Princess Gunnar on. Thanks very much, everybody. Up the arse. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.